Huh? Huh? Billy in the building? That's very, very appropriate. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 89 of Speak On It. I'm your host, Andy Ocean, as always, joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. We have a special guest in the building tonight. Yes, we do. His name is not Danny Ocean, despite the name tag under him that says Danny Ocean. We have our guy Kyle Sinra <laughs> in the building. <laughs> no, I saw that and I have to laugh. Now we got our guy Kyle Sinra in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, you already know when you see me, it can only be one brother, the good brother, Losty Mix. Kyle, not Danny Ocean. Kyle, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, always great to listen to you two speak on it, and I uh, actually get to participate now. I hope I don't drag the episode down too much. Uh, Never. Go. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> you're like you're you're like one of the few guests we've had, and you're the only multi-guest speaker yeah. we've had. So, and you came back three times, which means clearly we're doing something right here. We're clearly doing something right, Danny, my my brother. How are you doing? Oh, buddy, we didn't get to talk last week after the Eagles stuck their foot all up in San Francisco's ass. I'm doing great, beloved. It has been a great week. Hopefully it ends on Sunday. Well, I'll take that back. It was it was a great week, and what's hard to say it until Kyrie became a maverick. Then the week kind of took a left turn, but... It's funny, you were the first person I thought of when that trade happened. It's like, oh, yeah, Danny likes Luca. I wonder how that, that combo will do. Well, we'll 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 talk about that later. That's that's gonna be a, that's a very sad sad state of affairs. But on the gridiron, you know, Eagles knock out not one but two quarterbacks. They make it to the Super Bowl. They run all through that <laughs> vaunted 49ers defense. I kept hearing all this gibberish about. Mm. Now they face the greatest of them all. That's not named Tom Brady. So very excited. I mean, I think we we're I think we're gonna do a good amount of Super Bowl kind of diving between the three of us. Danny, how about you let the people know who and where the podcast is brought to them by? As always, this show is brought to you by goingfor2.com. Uh, Cal with the swag. Head over to goingfor2.com for all your, your fantasy needs. I know the fantasy season has come to an end, but for those of you who are in dynasty leagues who may still be going, I know our dynasty league will not be kickstarted until after Super Bowl Sunday, which I have some moves I need to make. It's going to be fun. But going over to has you for all your sports, baseball, basketball, football. Kyle, is there still NASCAR? I know once upon a time we had some NASCAR up there. I'll have to double check. I'm not sure. I'm definitely not the go-to guy for NASCAR. (laughs) Yeah, Um, neither am I. (laughs) That's the one with tires. Yeah, that's the one with tires. That's all I got. And I know they're going to be at the LA Coliseum. That's it. That's all I know. Oh, yeah, that was I this past Sunday, that. I think. Is, is this is this like new? This little LA Coliseum race? It's I see commercial for it all the time. I don't know if it's like a weekly Friday night smackdown sort of thing, but I feel like the LA Coliseum is too small, like the turns are too tight to have a professional, you know, NASCAR. That's what's race. gonna make it so exciting. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, what D? I, I said that's why they're calling it the clash of the Coliseum, I believe. Yeah, well, good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that. Danny, I got one I got one announcement before we get into the thick of what we're about to get into starting with the Super Bowl. This, do it. this is in the essence of fantasy. So folks out there, if you are interested in joining a Dynasty Fantasy Football League 10th person, make sure you DM Roasty Mix on Twitter. We have one 
team franchise that is available for expansion. We're looking to move this franchise. Holler at me, the commissioner, Losty Mix on Twitter or Instagram, and we can talk about it. I'm not going to tell you who is on this roster until you have expressed serious, serious interest and you are damn near committed. You just want to know who you would be inheriting. So essentially what I'm saying is if you're not serious and you reach out to me, I'm going to tell you some unholy things. So, well, D, I'm interested. How much does it cost? People, it's only an $80 league. 8-0. 8-0. Winner gets Danny what was at seven and seven and one. Yes. Yeah. Winner gets 700. Second place gets 100. And this team that you'd be inheriting, I will put this out there. This team that you would be inheriting does have some picks. It does have some picks. Sweet. D. Tonight, along with yes, we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, of course. We want to talk about the NFL coaching carousel. We want to talk the NBA trade deadline. We're going to do our quick hitters, and we have a new segment this week. You and I have been. Oh man, you know what? Can we start with this new segment? Because I wanted to come in hot on this one. Okay, we can start. I want to engage the room. So, okay. so, so Kyle, me and Danny, as we, you know, because we're getting ready to head into the off season of football and basketball, and then obviously the summer solstice where there's really not a lot of sports going on. So we wanted to start talking about what we're watching so we can come in here and accurately critique it, just to give our thoughts about it. Last night, Danny and I are chit-chatting a little bit, and we're kind of spinning on this because we want to come in here to the people, to our audience, and give some real hot takes. So he says he's watching Velma. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm watching Velma, and I'm also watching You People, and I'm also watching a few other shows. So I said, all right, let's come in here and talk about Velma. So yesterday, I really decided to watch Velma, like, for real, pay attention. Kyle, this is the most caca loaded shit I've ever had to sit through for damn near an hour. Kyle, so tell me this. So tell me this. The, the damn Scooby-Doo I grew up on, this was five white kids, including one hippie and a damn dog. Tell me why there was there was a drug dealer, a killer, yes, a, a, a racially ambiguous girl searching for her mama that she could not find. No yep. dog, no dog, and two damn dead girls with no brains. What episode are you on, D? <laughs> I only watched two. <laughs> oh, okay, two episodes. Okay, okay. There, there are eight episodes. I'm on episode eight right now. It gets a little bit better, but no, it's it's. And where I'm at, and where you at? Has this girl found her mama yet? I can't tell you that. Kyle, Kyle, at what point in Scooby Doo did we ever hear about their parents? Now we find that's the point, though. That Fred is a bitch, and his parents essentially don't want him because he a a bitch. That's what he is. Daphne out here, Daphne out here. She a pusher man. She out here. She a dope man. A little white girl. She is the dope man. She so always expected Shaggy to be the one with the, you know, the van. The, the oh dog man, they ain't even got a Shaggy. Man, they got a whole Rastaman Rastaman Norville who, who's crushing on Velma who don't want it. Dog, this is the biggest load of cockamamie bullshit I've oh. seen in a minute. Danny, I need you to explain yourself. Explain yourself for this. So, so let me let me give some backstory. To this out of all the shows you had named, 
right? Like I heard, I've heard terrible things about you people. I was like, dog, I'm not sitting through that. I'm not sitting through Lauren London trying to kiss Jonah Hill that she really doesn't want to do it. So I wasn't going to sit through that. And then you said Velma, and I was like, or did I say Velma? No, you said Velma. I said Velma, and you were like, okay, I'll watch that. I was like, oh, thank God, because I really didn't want to. You said some other stuff. I, was like, I don't know. That's some. That's a big time commitment. Velma is 25 minutes an episode. You can burn through the season real quick. It's not a lot of commitment. So I had stopped watching Velma until yesterday. And then he deals like, you watch Velma. Oh, so I had to start no, watching you, it again. I stopped Velma? watching have it. No. no. It's terrible. Oh, it's a terrible <laughs> show. Oh, it is. No, wow. Kyle, let me no. enlighten you. This is not, this, listen, I can't even figure out the real ties, tie backs to the original OG Scooby-Doo. If you was out here really watching the OG Scooby-Doo or maybe the What's New Scooby-Doo in any sort of fashion. I love What's New Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I love What's New Scooby-Doo. I it's only heard him say, yeah, I only heard him say, and I would have gotten away with it too, one time. And I believe this was before someone got their head chopped off. Yo, just damn. keep going, keep going. Usually it's the keep mask going. coming off, not the head chopped off. I can I Man. understand the illusion, but yo, they start this they start this series off in a women's bath. I mean, in a women's locker room. I should have known what was I should have known what was up there. That scene was irresponsible. Like from fucking irresponsible. With a fucking club on her hand, talking about some. Oh, you know I'm trying to get you, Dad. Man, this is some bullshit. Man. This is come on. And they're high schoolers. That's the creepy part about it. They're supposed to be high schoolers. And I think we don't remember that because, like you said, the opening scene is these girls in a shower and they're 16, 17, 18 years, 18 years old. It's like, yo, this is highly irresponsible because we don't know how old they are. We just know they're in high school. Are they seniors about to graduate? Are they getting their license? Velma doesn't drive. Daphne doesn't drive. So they are they 16? How old are these girls? It's a very irresponsible scene. I, that, that, I was like, ugh. And All right, this is I where really we're going with it. How they are trying to paint my man Fred in this show. It is nasty. Oh, it gets better. Essentially, they are painting Fred to be this this poor, sad version of a white man who has not hit puberty yet, but everyone knows he's really attractive, and his family is essentially ashamed of him because he's a he, he a keep going. He keep a going. <laughs> I promise. Just keep going. Keep going. He a, he a bitch. He is. He is a great A bitch, but keep going. I promise the Fred story gets a lot better. Oh. It gets it's it funny because you guys fun. were or, you know, that Scooby Doo come, you know, I'm pretty sure it started in, in the seventies. And my wife and I, we've actually instead of watching this, we've been watching that nineties show because that just came out. Now I will say, Kyle, I'm with you because I just finished that nineties show. What are your thoughts on that nineties show? Still have two episodes left. Um but yeah, I thought it was pretty funny, and there were there were a lot of allusions to the, the that, uh, 70 show. This, that seventy show. There were a lot of of plot points, certain conversations. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, these they, ah, this conversation happened twenty years ago. So it's funny how it. Go Sorry, just a little different than Vilma. Who you're, you guys are saying there aren't many allusions to the old show. This one, it seems like there's a ton of it, and they and they did it well. And yeah, no one got their head cut off either, so it wasn't nice. It was nice. <laughs> Thank years, you. So. Danny, did you see that 90s show? So, um, um, full confession, I really didn't like that 70s show. But if you guys are telling me that that 90s show is good, I will give it a shot. But it's not going to make any sense because you haven't really seen that 70s show. I mean, I've seen all of that 70s show. I just watched it because of Mila Kunis. I like, I know that 70s show. Nah, Gar, yo, excuse (laughs) your 40 self, yo. Mila Kunis? (laughs) 
it's funny because yeah, you're talking about teen, like teenagers in the other show, but I would assume no, it's probably adult it actors playing teenagers. But Mila Kunis is actually a teenager in that show. I mean, that was she older than me, so it was all good. I guess she's an adult later. I will say that I'm glad that of the that '70s show, the biggest I would say the biggest tie-in. Kyle, let me know if you disagree. I say the biggest tie, consistent tie-in is Fez, and they made sure to bring Fez back enough to where I thought he was pretty damn funny in that '90s show. And I was like, I would, I would, yeah, I would sign me up for more of that. I don't know how much Netflix gave him the bag to come back because all all the OG characters except for Hyde, of course, made an appearance in the show at some point. But you could tell. Who who was making more? Kitty and Red are still like the main grandparents. So they, you know what I'm saying? They get theirs, but like the the OG kids, Eric and Donna showed Eric was only in it like once, right? Donna was in it a few times. Uh what's his name? Kelso 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 was there like once. And then Mila Kunis was in it like once. But Fez was in there like three or four times. And I I dig it. Then you should watch it. You should watch it. I, and I, I will thinking. counter that 90s show with The Last of Us. Has anybody watched The Last of Us? I haven't been in one of those type of moves with HBO. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Yo, full you transparency, I still have not finished the first season of House of the Dragon. Full transparency, I didn't finish Game of Thrones. Uh, full transparency, Super Bowl. I don't think I really watched Game of Thrones. Nah, no, no, no. Listen, dog, I cannot watch people screwing their cousin like it's dog i can't do it <laughs> you like you guys had this conversation before you you can speak I can't do it off, man first off they were brother and sister even and okay my bad <laughs> I, like i can't watch a show where they're out here banging dog, like only, i just you only see them do the, they only really do to do like the first episode, and then they—they they really don't see each other for most no. of this series. Seeing them do the do once as brother and sister is enough. Like I watched but the first see, season. No, but you have I was to like, see. Dog, turn this off. It's pivotal because if you don't catch them doing that, then that's, yeah. th- essentially the series don't take off because if little don't get pushed out that window, that series does not go off well from there. Listen, any any show that has relatives having sex naked, full blown sex, like it's not for me. Well, listen. That's how they. That's how they start the season. You remember how they ended the season? A, a brother got his head chopped off for no good reason. <laughs> it's like Vilma. <laughs> Everything you want, get all comes back. <laughs> Twenty-five minutes per episode, though, so it's way more efficient. It's funny because right. rather than TV, we've actually been listening and watching the uh, Kelsey uh, Brothers uh, podcast, uh, New Heights. So oh, that's been, that's been yeah. occupying us. They, they, yeah, that's they do good. pretty well with it. Yeah, I might check it out. Yeah, they, they, that's a good one. Only other thing that I would say before we get into the Super Bowl, speaking of uh, the Kelsey brothers, you people. Whoa. Has anyone else Black History Month, you going to say that? No, no, no. I'm saying the movie, you people. Yo, hey, yo, are you dead ass, yo? Yo, <laughs> yo you people. Let me tell you something. The movie, you people. Oh, brother. Let me tell you something. First 30 minutes. I had to, I had to like stop my, had to stop that movie like two to three times because like I was uncontrollably laughing, getting ready to piss my pants. And then, well, let's just say the plot thickens or un, or never thickened, and I was sitting there wondering, wait, how did we get, how how did this happen so fast? How did we go from y'all meeting to six months later y'all are engaged to how now we're figuring out 
how this family dynamic thing is going to work. I thought that was a little, a little bit rushed. I would say, I think they were a little over the top with some of the stereotypes. And this is what I'm going to say. Eddie Murphy's in the movie. I thought Eddie Murphy's pretty hilarious in this movie. Danny, Eddie Murphy was a nation of, uh, nation of Islam Muslim no, who he was wasn't. super militant and was a firm believer in the Farrakhan. Oh, Jonah he was a black Hill. Israelite. Yeah, and so this is this is Lauren London's parents. Jonah Hill's parents, listen to this, guys, Jewish of the, the most Jewish of Jew parents you could imagine. And Julia Louise Dreyfus, a.k.a. Mrs. Elaine Bennis, for my Seinfeld fans out here, she is the overcaring Jewish mother. So, just off of that information, this is a romantic comedy. Imagine how <laughs> the conversation between these two groups of families is going to go when they get together. Would Kyrie watch this movie in a <laughs> Listen, there was there was a part in the movie. They were sitting down. They was at dinner. Eddie Murphy goes go to start talking about how he met the honorable Minister Farrakhan, and you can and, and oh, he's talking God. to her parents. Yeah, and let's, let's go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep, time to talk about the Super Bowl. Yep, what's up, Gator J? How you doing? Thanks for coming by. We appreciate you spending time with us today <laughs> on this Super Bowl preview. Yeah, you know it's Super time for Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> Holy shit! Super Bowl, Danny. You Hold know. on. Now, if, if do you want me to talk, do you want me to kind of enter the Super Bowl since it's a little biased? If, you know, but you. No, I can know. do it. I, I I can do it. Like I because I, <laughs> yeah, my bias is put to the side for now. So yeah. for all you guys who don't who live on a rock, Super Bowl set. Uh, it's finally time for the game. We have the great match, a great matchup. The two number one seeds, the number one seed NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles will face the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday at 630. And Rihanna's doing a halftime show. Some people may call it the Fenty Bowl if you don't care about football. Um, anyway, probably heard the storylines by now. Two starting black quarterbacks facing each other for the first time ever in the Super Bowl. Uh, first time we've had two brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. Uh, Andy Reid versus former team, yada, yada, yada. But let's talk about the actual play on the field. So out of the the, the offense and the defense and the special team, I will ask you, Kyle, first, who do you believe has the advantage on each side of the ball? Hmm. I mean, special team, you would know this better than than I would, but it seems mm-hmm. like special team, like the, the Chiefs are always just so well coached up i think it, them it's more just are they going to have you know their key returners available more than anything but i'd imagine like it's, it's tough to say any team has the edge on special team over the chiefs so at the very best for like in terms of the eagles scenario i think it's probably neutral like are the eagles a strong special teams team hell no that is my biggest fear we okay covey so. covey is the worst punt returner in the nfl <laughs> that man will fair catch it with no one around for 20 yards. Like the Eagles, each drive gonna start at the 20. Like just go ahead and buckle up. It's gonna start at the 20. So I guess we're starting off negative for the Eagles. Okay, already. Yep. Sorry. Um so yeah, so that one point towards the Chiefs. And yeah, CEH is back, which means yeah, that's that's the that's the that's tilting the offense for sure. Uh, no, <laughs> just kidding about that. Uh defensively. It's weird because both teams, I think. You know, you could say cornerback has been a problem for both teams, especially for the Eagles, it seems like, for a while. But it seems like both teams have really resolved that. The secondaries are really good. Obviously, the pass rushes are both quite excellent. Um, 
it's weird. It's, it's weird to say, even though like the Eagles have Fletcher Cox, that the Chiefs might have the better interior pressure, just because you know that's being led by Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, tough to say who has the edge defensively. Both units seem pretty excellent. Um, I guess right now it looks like the Chiefs maybe deal with more injuries on both sides, offensively and defensively, and maybe that's what kind of gives you the edge. Mahomes is kind of this great equalizer, though. So I'll, I'll say that while the Eagles have the edge on defense, the Chiefs might have the edge on offense just because of they have the best quarterback in the NFL. Unfortunately, the Eagles don't. He is as excellent as Jalen Hurts has been and looks like he will continue to be. That's fair. D, go ahead and get your shit off. Man, I like I like I like where Kyle was going. So I start on the offensive end. I I think you know I agree with uh, a lot of what Kyle was saying. I think from a quarterback perspective, the Chiefs have the clear advantage. I mean, you have what well, I don't want to say clear because that's that's throwing some shade at Jalen Hurts. The Chiefs have no, the you advantage. can say clear. You can say clear. Okay. Well, they have the advantage at quarterback, obviously, but I also think they have the advantage at the tight end position with 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 uh, Travis Kelsey over Dallas Goddard. Where I may kind of differ in my opinion with, with Kyle is <clears throat> I think after the quarterback and the tight end position, and maybe you can argue the defensive tackle position, I, I say of the other 50 positions on the field, I think the Eagles might have the position, I mean, might have the might have the advantage in a lot of a lot of positions. I think um, as a unit, I'm with Kyle, the, the Philadelphia defense is better. It's funny to hear Danny say that the the Eagles don't have the best, uh, don't have the advantage on the special teams. I, I, it feels like, you know, Eagles special teams versus the Chiefs, who are who, their key, um, some of their key offensive skill position players who would likely be returners or likely going to be out or kind of nicked up in the game. I would, I would lead me to give the edge to, uh, to the Eagles and just, you know, they're probably just going to bring it from an intensity and preparation standpoint. And the Chiefs, while they'll be prepared, you know, you don't know who they're really going to trust to put to, to put back there to really return it. So that might be where I lean for Philadelphia. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think the Chiefs really just have the advantage of quarterback and tight end. And to get to Jay's point in the chat, Patrick Mahomes does still have a slight ankle issue, but he says um, he says he's ready to go. But then I, when you think about that, when you talk about offensive lines, I would say the Eagles maybe have the better offensive line. Then, then the Chiefs, I think, uh, really aren't the aren't the Eagles top ten in passing and rushing the ball? Like they they can they can they can beat you in, in multiple different ways. I would say <clears throat> maybe Jalen Hurts is a little more dynamic using his feet than Patrick Mahomes will be able to be in the Super Bowl. You know, will that be the maybe will that be the the limit the, the X factor that, that will the equalizer right to Patrick Mahomes' great ability as a passer, Jalen? Hurts man, you have the ability as a rusher to maybe equalize this thing out, and then uh, if, it's, if, if the offense will equal out with that, it would lead me to lean one way in terms of who I really think is going to win the game. It's funny. Game? I'm just uh, looking yeah. at the offensive line stats. Got this from Football Outsiders. Uh, the Chiefs actually rank higher in adjusted line yards. They're third, and the Eagles are sixth. So, like you're saying, like top ten, top five offensive lines, but in adjusted sack rate, the Eagles are twenty first. Uh, mm-hmm. 7.7% sack rate versus the Chiefs at 4.8%. They're in the top five. So there is, uh, you know, there's excellent players on the Chiefs. I think part of the, or the Eagles, sorry, I think part of the reason the stats are lower is Lane Johnson missed a, a ton of the season, or at least a bit of the season injured. 
he's back now at right tackle at you know for an all pro right tackle so you know maybe the stats are skewed a little bit i'd at least say i think the the chiefs uh this is not the chiefs offensive line the last time they were in the super bowl okay that's getting crushed by the bucks they've i think it's almost five new starters so yeah because they they revamped it last year uh so yeah okay that's a great point i forgot about that i have uh one more uh research thing uh does anyone, Go for it. either of you know, Danny mentioned it, brought it up, the fact it's the two one seeds playing against each other. Do you, mm-hmm. you know last time that the two one seeds did actually square off in the Super Bowl? 2017, Eagles-Patriots. Mm. <laughs> I, I figured Danny might know that, so I guess that's, you know, no. check mark for the, the Eagles being a good omen there. Sometimes all the Eagles need is just to get that number one seed. That's all they need. Um, so I agree with you guys, right? Special teams, I think it's Chiefs, like Eagles return game. The, well, the kick return is fine. Pump return scares me. I feel like the Eagles are going to have to start on some long drives. Uh, offense, I give it to, like you said, Mahomes is that dude. I'm not not going to sit here and act like he doesn't scare me because he does, but defense. And I, and I want to run, Kyle, it's funny you mentioned that because I keep hearing that the Eagles defense hasn't been tested but then I, we're not talking about how the Chiefs' offensive line hasn't been tested, right? The Eagles' offensive line, you got to play Micah Parsons twice. You got to play Thibodeau. You got to play elite pass rushers week in and week out. The commander's defensive line is great. I'm looking at the Chiefs' schedule. I don't see any team that they've played that has, like, an elite pass rusher, mm-hmm. let alone six elite pass rushers. Like, we keep talking about how good this Chiefs' line is. Tell me, tell me where it gets spooky. Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Bucks, Raiders, the Bills, but I don't think that well Von Miller was still healthy when they played that game. The Niners, they blew out the Niners, so that's Bosa. Yeah, the Titans, the Jags, the Chargers, the Rams, the Bengals, Broncos again, Texans, Seattle, Denver, the Raiders. Like I don't think this I don't think this Chiefs offensive line, it's good, but I don't think. The Eagles have six guys that you can put on the field, not at once, but you can rotate them, that can win individual matchups. Patrick Mahomes is going to be running for his life. We're going to find out what that ankle feel like because Hassan Reddick is going to blow that man up just like he did Brock Purdy, just like he did Josh Johnson. You want to put Travis Kelsey in the block? God bless you because Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't scare anybody. Like I'm not here to like puff my chest, but the Chiefs' offensive line is going to be in some deep trouble, especially if we get to a situation where we know the Chiefs got to pass. Yeah, and my next question for the Chiefs is, outside of Travis Kelsey, who is going to win the one-on-one battles? Who is going to? Hartman's out. He's on IR, so that takes – you don't have a guy that can take the top off the defense. I mean, we got Sky Moore. We got Sky, you got Juju. We've seen MVS come alive and – and in championship games before, I think about That's the true. game against the Bucks. He, he might have arguably been the best player for the Packers in that game, and they unfortunately lost. In this case, he won. Don't know what he's going to do in a Super Bowl, though, but he's he's never played in a Super Bowl, but at least he looks like he's the, certainly the healthiest wide receiver with, with some experience. So it's maybe going to have to be Marquez Valdez-Scantley that wins a lot of those like one-on-one matchups. It's it's and that's tough against – whether it's against Bradbury or against Slay. Like, that's – those are those are tough matchups. Like – I, both. Uh, I the one thing I'll say is 
both teams, it's the toughest test that either of them have faced yes. this year, in which yes. makes sense. These are the, probably, I mean, the, the two best records in the NFL. Again, no, the two one seeds. So it makes sense that neither has faced a team this good all season unless they would have played each other and they haven't. Yeah, And I'll say the thing that does scare me, though, is Jonathan Gannon's defense does not hold against competent quarterbacks, right? Dak Prescott has eaten that defensive line ever since Jonathan Gannon got there. Like any quarterback that's somewhat decent figures out Jonathan Gannon's zone rather easily. So these pass rushers are going to have to take over if the Eagles stand a chance. If not, it's just going to be it's going to be a shootout. I think the Eagles have the horses to keep up, but I'd rather not get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes if I can avoid it. I would rather limit the time. Like if Patrick Mahomes has eight possessions or under, the Eagles have won this game. So that's what you think the game script is going to look like for the game? It has to. It has to. Like I'm running at Chris Jones. I'm double teaming, and I'm taking those run. Like I'm running the ball down their throat, and I'm daring them to stop me. Like I don't see Jalen Hurts throwing for 350 and three (laughs) touchdowns. I think he'll take his shots. But for me, it's you want to, yeah, let's let's run it. I don't think. We got Chris Jones is the only what thing that scares you. Like the, the linebacker scare you in the red zone. I could see Jalen throwing. I think the the Chiefs are one of the worst teams guarding tight ends in the red zone. So I could see something in Dallas Goddard in the red zone. But between the twenties and in the red zone, hey, we hand this joint off. We run a read option. I mean, we run run some screens off of that. But I'm playing keep away. If I can put together four or five possessions that are over five minutes, yeah, Eagles win this game. Gators got a lot of good uh, comments and good research here since I'm not oh, doing yeah. it tonight. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, you know, both yeah, had MVP candidates, are... oh, 2017 Eagles, 2022 Eagles. Both started 1-11. Uh, yeah. He thinks the Chiefs are going to go down in a blaze of glory with the with Mahomes getting sacked five times and throws two picks. Let me tell I you would... about what I think my game script, I think. I think go for uh, the Chiefs are going to come out with a run-heavy uh, script early to try to offset, try, try to throw you guys off. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they take you down the field first first drive, mostly running the ball and scoring off like a play-action pass. They go up like 7-0. You guys take a drive or two to kind of figure some things out, and then you guys start clicking. Second quarter, Eagles, they come alive. Yeah, second start coming alive, like second this. quarter. I think you guys go up in halftime like 21-7. to you know, up 21 to seven. I think they're going to come out, get the ball second half, score a touchdown, make it 21 to 14. And then I think it's just going to be a third quarter barrage of just scoring by the Eagles. It's going to be too much. I ultimately think the Eagles are going to end up pulling this one out like 35, 24. I would love I that. Like, I, think I like the, the way you mapped that out. Yeah. Just because like, sorry, Danny, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. My bad. What my quick comment would be like that, you know, Andy Reid, you usually give him all this time to prepare. Opening script, opening drive is going to be something that, like I said, unexpected. That'll they'll make things work, and then eventually the Eagles will adjust. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine the Chiefs are leading after the first quarter, but the Eagles are leading at halftime, and then I don't know. Tough to say, Mahomes. You know, I think uh, the Super Bowl he won. They were down going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, it's never. There's never. Uh, you know, it's, it's an insurmountable lead. Like. 50 points going into a quarter yeah. but like it seems like there's there's almost no lead is safe with him at quarterback so uh yeah, yeah, I would say- the, the eagles if they get a big lead that's that seems like the one thing danny you've obviously watched every game this year 
they they get they get the big leads early and then they kind of coast on it almost a little bit too mm-hmm. much and maybe let teams come back like this seems like the one team you really can't allow yeah. to let come back like that it's got to be pedal to the metal the whole way so i think the eagles are down 10 nothing maybe even 14 nothing before they figured it out uh the one of the questions was what do you think the script will look like for me the script is going to be eagles up three seven minutes to go in the fourth ball on their 20. And I think one of the things the Eagles will do better than anyone is put together long drives that eat up a lot of clock that end in scores. So up three at your 20, seven minutes to go. I think they run it down to two minutes, score up 10 with two minutes and pray to God, Patrick Mahomes doesn't do anything spectacular. It's hard to score 10 points in two minutes. He is Patrick Mahomes. So, you have the Eagles winning, Danny. I have the Eagles winning. Kyle, what say you, my friend? I think he is Patrick Mahomes. And even before the season started, my preseason pick was Chiefs. Like I said, Chiefs Bucks or Chiefs Packers, depending on how confident I felt. Uh, But yeah, I think I, I, but in both instances, I would say, I was saying that I thought the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl. They've come this far, so I may as well stick with them now. That's Um, fair. And I guess I guess D's asked or sorry, Gator's asking a good question. Like D mentioning you're you're taking the over then. Uh yes. What are they at? Last time I checked it was fifty and a half. Are they is that line still there? I I I don't know what exactly the over is right now, but I'm definitely taking Yeah, I'm over. seeing I'm seeing fifty and a half. Of okay. course, if you want to check on underdog, use the promo code GF2 and sign up. Use the you know double deposit map. Mm. Try and be like Dan and uh on the money I show and plug it a few times but yeah i don't know what underdog says right now but uh, what i see is 50 and a half so it looks like that line's been pretty stable and just because of uh, how good these defenses are I'd, I'd be tempted to take the under i remember seeing somewhere that uh, was mentioned the chiefs i think like 11 of the last 18 games or something like almost the entire season they've hit the under uh, gator saying it's 51 on DraftKings, so i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of feeling the under on the I don't think it'll. Hit, I don't think it'll hit fifty. I think it might come close, but uh, these uh, with how good both of these defenses are, I don't think either team will be blown out. I think the the both defenses being as good as they are will keep both offenses in check from completely dominating the game. Let's hope. I also said San Francisco wouldn't get blown out, and they just didn't show up. And last last thing before we start talking about uh, some head coaches around the league, all you 49ers fans, rest in Hello. peace. For one, rest in fucking piss. Piss. For two, it didn't matter if it was Brock Purdy, Josh nope. Johnson, Dwayne nope. Brock Johnson, nope. Byron Johnson, nope. uh, uh, Jesus Christ Kobe Johnson, Johnson nope. Vince Carter Johnson, Jalen well, Johnson. I think the, the Rock Johnson was a linebacker, so. Yeah, it don't matter who the quarterback was. It does not it matter. It did not matter who the quarterback was. That ass, that ass cooking, cooking, whatever was coming. Pause. You're gonna get smoked. Right. Thank you. It was from the first drive to the very last drive. I said the 49ers have no business to be on the field right now. Even with, Frauds. Even with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was in hell. Brock Purdy was in hell. For that for that one drive, he was in hell. Frauds. All I heard about was that Vaughn defense. Where was Bosa? Was there a rally nearby we don't know about? I didn't see him at all. Hold on now. That defense, they was playing until they realized they was not getting no help from their offense. You hey, can, you can hey. see them. The, the Ravens figured it out with Trent Dilfer. The, the one yeah. thing I'll say is I felt like the 49ers held the Eagles 
and the other than that one Devonte smith catch no catch the big play mm-hmm. aspect of the eagles offense wasn't there but i thought the yeah. eagles executed at key times when they got to the red zone they were efficient in the red zone and that's usually the mark of like can a team win a championship or, or just a playoff contender are they are they converting those red zone opportunities into touchdown yeah. as opposed to field goals it seems like the eagles are really good in that area Mm-hmm. And and Jalen overthrew AJ a couple of times. The big play was there. It's just Jalen's off, and I, I hope his shoulder is okay because they're going to need the threat. I don't think AJ or, or Devontae are going to have huge games, but they're going to have to hit on some deep balls at least one pause, at least once or twice to keep that Chiefs defense honest. Because if not, like they're just going to stack the box if they think Jalen can't throw. Lost in that Devontae Smith catch no catch a couple plays before, or I guess it would have been like three, four, I guess four or five plays before. Uh, the Eagles gained a first down. Uh, AJ Brown caught this pass like off the turf, basically. Yeah, like that was that was incredibly impressive. And then that other catch One happened. We later realized it wasn't a catch. I was like, oh my god, that, like two insane catches by Smith and, and AJ Brown on the opening drive. What are we in for today? Two more things before we. Now, Go ahead, D, my bad. Thing, one thing I'm going to say is this. If there was a sleeper for longest touchdown reception by any player in this game, Quez Watkins. Don't listen. Don't throw Quez Watkins the ball. Any any target to Quez Watkins is a wasted target. I, I was going to say, I think he has zero catches in the playoffs so far. Good. It's just stay that way. Any target to Quez is a wasted target. That's fast. Two man. things. Who, who's got the no. best odds on that? Like, who's like the favorite for that, D? Probably Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. That's what I was – if it's not MVS, that would be probably a smart pick to make because he like a, a long catch specialist. But mm-hmm. Devontae – I mean, I guess if, if it's either him or Devontae Smith, whoever has the worse odds is probably the one I would I would pick because it just – it uh, feels like you, you win more that way. But, uh, yeah. Who, who wins Super Bowl MVP? See, I think – if I was saying the Chiefs win, it'd have to be Mahomes unless Chris Jones was just that dominant, especially against this Eagles offensive line. Like he got multiple sacks, uh, especially picking the under. So maybe I'll take make the cute pick and say Chris Jones is in back-to-back weeks the best player on the field, even though he, his teammate is Patrick Mahomes. Boston Scott. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead and put money on that. Boston Scott with the James White performance of his life. I'll take it. Uh, I was going to say Hassan Reddick, but if you got an extra $10, put some money on Josh Sweat. If all the attention is going to go to Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat is going to be on the other side by himself, and he can definitely win one-on-one matches. He's going to be on Patrick's blind side. If anyone's going to get to Patrick, it's going to be Josh Sweat. So. I can whatever and also whatever the over is for the sack total, take it. I don't care if it's five, I don't care if it's six and a half. Like the Eagles are going to get home. And I mean, it, it, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, Chris Jones is the dominant force in that defense, like Frank Clark can still get sacks too. So it's not like the Eagles can just focus on on Jones. Yeah, but it, like, interior, but I feel like the Eagles offensive line is more battle tested than the Chiefs. Like again, like yeah. they faced Michael Parsons, Dallas twice, they faced the commanders twice. They faced they faced some hitters this year who can rush the passer, and Lane Johnson mm-hmm. with a torn torn groin shut Bosa down. Like it, if if Frank if 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 old boy still has the step, he might can beat my lot of my lot of struggles with speed rushers. But Chris Jones is a defensive tackle. Like I mean, you can put him on the edge if you want; he'll get run over. 
not to disrespect Chris Jones because he definitely was the best player in the field last week. Just I think the Eagles' offensive line is more tested than the Chiefs' offensive line. But I'll say I do agree with you, like saying going the over on the sacks because I think, like, especially if the, both teams could possibly get it. But yeah, the Eagles could certainly push that total high. The one thing I'll say about Boston Scott D. You said James White type performance. I'm pretty sure James White set an NFL record or a Super Bowl record for catches, like with 14 receptions. Boston Crazy. Scott has five catches this year. So I don't think James White is the comparison you want to look for for Boston Scott. Danny, Danny. I tell think you me, need more like this. a Terrell Davis, like three touchdown performance. That, yeah. that would probably be it. I think if, if any. But how is he going to get those receptions? I mean, those touchdowns, though. I think he's going to have. Two, maybe three. I think he's gonna have two touchdown receptions and a touchdown rush. If if he if he has that, let me tell you. That seems like a Kenny Gainwell thing more than a Boston Scott. Yeah, I feel like that that's like like Kyle said, Boston's not much of a receiver. I think it's my pick and I'm sticking with it. Like I think and for those I think Kenny Gainwell, the over under is like 39 and a half rushing yards. Take the over. Like Doc, take the over because he's now Miles Sanders' main backup. Like take the over on Kenny Gainwell's rushing if it's at thirty nine and a half still. It's crazy because the the week before, I remember the week before against the 49ers, I actually thought it was a smart bet. It was out down to like eighteen and a half, and I mean clearly, I guess it was you know the defense that they were facing. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if he hit it to be honest. So that might have been smart for them to set the line there because uh, like you know Gainwell had a great game against the Giants. Oh no, he definitely hit it against the 49ers. 48 yards. Yeah. Yeah. He smashed yeah, it. So if it's it, again, if it's if it's low like that again, yeah. That, that's smart. I think. Back All right, back let's, weeks let's be a good. Yeah, take though. Yeah, earn some easy money. Vegas is giving it to you. Uh, well, and the other point I made I had made was his combined last yeah, his combined rushing receiving was like yeah, it was less than 30, so he would have got more than that on on the rushing. So yeah, Gainwell lines could be good. I mean, even the Boston Scott lines are pretty low to D's point. Like they're they're probably both they're probably better bets to, to on that than the Miles Sanders lines. Yeah. You know, as the starter, his is going to be higher. I've seen. Uh, I guess his combined is sixty five and a half right now for Miles Sanders. Fifty eight point five rushing. Come on, that'd be bad. I could see him going under and getting the touchdowns, and like you know, it'd be a better fantasy play than but not hitting the prop. I'd still probably rather bet on on Gainwell. Going, they'll probably be a lot lower. I will. Um, let's talk about some NFL head coaches. So, another news: the New Orleans Saints sent Sean Payton packing to Denver. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is now in Houston. So, for you two, I mean, there's still some positions that need to be filled, but these are the two big ones. Uh, what are your thoughts on the hire, Kyle? We'll start with you. Well, I think with the D'Amico Ryan's, one of the things that that was clear. I yeah, believe you guys spoke of this, but a few different sources t- spoke with this, you know, hiring a black coach to be just a one year kind of, Oh yeah, no tank for us. So then we can get the next guy tank for us till we get the next guy. You know, he, you know, they, in theory, they could still fire D'Amico Ryan's after one year, but they will be paying him quite a bit to, yeah. to do so a six year contract. So I think that was key on his part to, I'll, I'll take this, uh, you know, as a, as a black well, at the time, want to be head coach. Now, currently head coach, you know, you feel like, you know, these opportunities won't always be there. So when they do come and a team seems like they're really interested, okay, you can say you're interested, but prove with your pocketbook that you're interested and give me the, the, the contract and the term, especially, I think was probably the most important thing. So it looks like they'll give him the shot. I'd imagine they're taking quarterback with their pick, whether they pick at 102. I mean, 
do the Bears pull a San Francisco did with the Bears and get them to trade up one one pick? Uh, just because apparently some other team will be trying to get up and get their guy. But either way, it looks like this is a team that they've committed to the rebuild. They'll you know they'll pair this Nemico Ryan's with a franchise quarterback that they're drafting, and they okay, they'll start together in like you know year one together with that synchronicity. So I think that at least you know, if that you've got that coherence, especially if Ryan's has his sight sets on a, on a specific quarterback and they see eye to eye, you know, with management or he sees eye to eye with management, his coaching staff does like who that quarterback is. They can kind of build around that. Um, you know, we, we get away for two talk fantasy from a fantasy perspective, though. I think it is tough to know until we find out who the offensive coordinator is. Cause I don't believe the Texans have hired their OC yet. So we don't know who's going to like, you know, imagine D'Amico Ryan's if he's not calling plays on defense, it's at least at least his defensive system that's being installed. But I'd imagine he brings someone else in to kind of run their offense while he you know, learns how to be a head coach for the first time. As much as he probably focus a lot on the defense, he'll always have to also have his head coaching duties to, to fill in. So how that offense is going to operate is still going to be, I mean, maybe that, that quarterback discussion hinges on who the offensive coordinator is. Maybe there's, you know, who Ryan's wants at OC is a different opinion on, on quarterback. So that's interesting how that all shakes out. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts, I, I want to, you know, I want to go more to Denver. I think Kyle did a great job uh, in talking yeah. about Houston. I want to, I want to go to Denver real quick because I saw this headline and all I could do was laugh. I laughed for a little bit because I'm like, okay, Y'all went from getting hiring someone in Nathaniel Hackett who had no head coaching experience. Now you're bringing in Sean Payton, someone who has clear, proven head coaching experience. And he's clearly offensive minded. But my first thought was I laughed and I was like, what the fuck makes y'all think he wants Russell Wilson as his quarterback? So he ain't got no <laughs> like, choice. Like, okay, he ain't got no choice. Okay, so now I'm thinking. You don't have a choice. This is your quarterback. Yo, what if you bring this offensive system in and this guy still stinks? Now what do you do, Sean Payton? Is so all in all, my tire again. He, I mean, he is a, him's fine. It's, it's the Broncos that are screwed. Yeah, for real. So <laughs> my first thought was, is this really the destination you want to go, Sean Payton? Or were you so eager to jump back into coaching and you were upset when Mike McCarthy didn't get fired that you just went yep. to the next? Best job. That is where my head is at. I think that's what I think that's honestly what happened because I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, you because remember when he first got when when Dallas basically essentially came out that they're not firing Mike McCarthy, you heard the reports that Sean Payton was gonna go back in the 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 broadcast booth. I was like, yo, you should wait, wait for a young team, like a team that has nothing. Be the next Doug Peterson, just come back. And now you go to a team with real, like, fam, they're going to come back with, like, real Super Bowl aspirations. You're not going to talk to anyone in Denver that's not going to look at this roster with the quarterback and what he's getting paid with now the head coach and say, we, you know, you're talking about a guy whose teams was essentially always contenders year in and year out, supposedly, in, in the Saints. Now, they didn't win anything, but they had a lot of good teams. And there are people out here who are thinking the same thing is going to happen in Denver. I'm here to tell you, no, it won't. Denver, you're still going to be in hell because as long as Patrick Mahomes is quarterbacking and Justin Herbert is quarterbacking, those are four games that 
he may not win. And if Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. goes to the Raiders, then Russell Wilson's very clearly the, the fourth best quarterback in the division. Yeah, Kyle, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> I think that's funny, too. But let's just say maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to, to, to Vegas. You're going to have the fourth best quarterback in the division that's, that's been won by the same team seven years in a row, including three Super Bowl appearances by one team, which means, sir, you are in the, you're in the division clearly with the team. You got to figure that shit the fuck out. Sean Payton, God bless. I know the bag was crazy. God bless. God bless. There, there's nothing else to add to what you just said except D'Amico. During Black History Month, you saw what they did to two of your brothers and you still took that job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get Cal said it. Like, those opportunities are few and far between. So if someone gives you one... And he made them pay well, him. And it's, like, it sounds like... He might have been able to choose to go to the Broncos, and like because D, you you connected the dots, the timing. It seems like the timing. The Broncos made the trade after the after Houston hired D'Amico, almost like they really they didn't want to pay the first, but then once they lost out on maybe the two three coaches that they really that, that you know seemed like you know they were three coaches they really wanted, but one cost a first round pick as well as the salary, so like he would have been like the last option for them. And it seems like once D'Amico Ryan was hired, you know, then they made the trade. So, so yeah. it's funny, D, how you're talking about, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, it's Wilson at the best spot. But Danny, you're right. Like Ryan's chose the Texans over the Broncos, essentially, and which know, is could smart. have maybe gone to the Cardinals too. Yeah. It seems like yeah, the Panthers like, were always tied to Frank Reich. I don't know if that was one where he might have not had it, but it seemed like D'Amico Ryan's outside of it, saying Frank Reich to the Colts seems like he he might he was the hot hire that had his choice of jobs and maybe strange that he did chose yeah. the Texans. So Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that name up. Frank Wright, you must be one of the nicest men out here on planet Earth. Like you must you just be a nice dude. I, 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 I don't understand it. You just got to be a nice dude. That's all, that's all I'm saying. You just well, got like, to another spot where he doesn't have a quarterback. So good yeah. luck, dude. Yeah. Like you just got to, you got, he has to be a nice, he has to be a nice individual because I just don't understand how and why. I mean, he got the best out of Carson Wentz, and you've seen the worst out of Carson Wentz, so that's like yeah. quite a, a wide range. Frank Wright been riding that for the past five years. Uh, yeah. One quick question, one more thing. Fun. Out of those two teams, which team makes the playoffs first? I feel like we're all going to say the same thing. Oh, which two, Houston, Texas. Denver? Yeah. The Texans. Yeah, uh, I'm with the Texans. Mm, oh, cow. Denver doing it. I, I just, I just think of how far. I mean, the Texans were like, they've, they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL the last two years. Like, they, they yeah. you know, other than the, other than the, the god awful Chicago Bears, they would have been the worst team. So they have a lot of road to go to get better. I think. So but at the same time, I could see where they play the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts. Put some respect and, on Jacksonville's well, I was name. Say, yeah, Yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad for my man because come on, bro. You wanted Michael Pittman instead of Jordan Love. Here you go. Yeah, yeah right. Like, all right, man. You get him. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you, D. I think it's the Texans. Texans have the fifth most cap space. They have two picks in the top ten, and they play in the AFC South. But we'll see. Are you guys ready to shift gears to talk about some basketball? Talk to me. Shoot. Let's do it. So the trade deadline is approaching. It is Thursday. Uh, It's Thursday at noon Eastern, I believe. Uh, So far, the biggest trade that we've gotten, unfortunately, is Kyrie to the Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and the first-round pick. Uh, The the Nets tried to add the Raptors into that trade yesterday to try to get Fred Van Viet. They could not do that. Um, I know I'm the Maverick fan. I don't want to go first. I don't want to be doom and gloom. So, D, what are your thoughts on this trade? I'm going to just look into the camera when I say this. Lakers, at this point, just sit in the corner next time, dog. Stop putting these headlines out. Stop getting people's hopes up. It's clear that when you're the Los Angeles Lakers, nobody really wants to trade with you. Nobody ever really, really wants to trade with the Los Angeles Lakers unless unless it means this trade is going to favor the other team that is not the Los Angeles Lakers. You know why? Because the league is still upset with the Pelicans for making that league with uh, making that trade with the Lakers because they won a championship the year the year later. It's clear there is a Lakers tax out here. Now, second note: Are y'all dead ass with that trade offer that y'all put out there to them? Are y'all dead ass? Y'all was hesitant about moving Max Christie and Austin Reeves and some picks for Kyrie. Man, if you don't get this mother. Bron, it's not you, big dog. It's not you. It's not you. I, I, you know what? Let's just get to the end of the season. Let's just get to the end of the season. I have a hey, He might break the record tonight. Huh? He might break the record tonight. You got that. Bron, let's just get to next season, man. You okay. are the all-time leading scorer. You are the greatest of all time. I don't think there's – listen – the Sean, listen, the Nets are dirty for how they handled that. They intentionally did not have any intentions of actually trading with the Lakers. So you can see what they was really trying to do and what type of time they was really on. Okay. All right. Congratulations. Y'all made the Lakers look like some damn dummies and some fools. Now y'all got to deal with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and how the hell that back? I mean, that that backcourt is gonna be able to play any defense. God bless. God bless. We should have just titled the episode "God Bless." God we bless. Western Conference Final last year without him. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I mean, Kyrie's a great player. So the, just to, to, to that is that you know they went to the Western Conference Final last year, but was it? It's funny because I remember I think you guys last year spoke about this, was it going to be another trailblazers, right? They went to the Western conference final against the warriors and got smacked four straight the one year. Like, and it like was never even close. And like, that's probably the pinnacle of how far Lillard uh, and McCollum could get that team. Was this destined to be with the Mavericks are just like, you know, Western conference finalists, but I don't know this, this move says kind of all in, like we're, we're willing to take that step to, you know, that move to make the next step. So, um, I mean, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is a great player, but you know you're you're essentially replacing him with Kyrie. So is mm-hmm. everything they gave on top 
that detrimental to them competing. Because, uh, you know, I'd say Kyrie's a better player than Spencer Dinwiddie. All, yes. all due respect to Dinwiddie. So is that upgrade worth what you gave up? You, Danny, you're, you're the Luca fan. I should say Mavericks fan. but <laughs> In two years, Luca will have one year left on his contract. And he's going to walk into Mark Cuban's office. And he's going to say, get me the fuck out of here. I'm tired of this. And he's going to demand a trade. And when he does that... <laughs> This is going to be another chapter in the book on why is why does Luca want out of Dallas? The Chris Stapps for singers trade didn't work. He didn't pay Jalen Brunson last Christmas. He didn't pay him this offseason. And now he don't went and traded Dorian Finney-Smith, which is Luca's like best friend on the team. But apparently Luca signed off on it. So, okay, for a man who's going to leave this summer to go to the Lakers. Like the only thing that works for Dallas this summer – is a sign and trade with the Lakers because they have Kyrie's bird rights can give him more money so they can do a sign and trade with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Lakers have max have a max slot. I'm sure they would make one if Kyrie expresses like, hey, I'm going to L.A. Let's do a sign and trade. He's going to be on his best behavior for three weeks. And then he's going to be walking <laughs> around Dallas saying JFK is alive. Like I just <laughs> oh, like on the court. I'm I'm sorry, John. Wherever you are, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if he's alive, I guess we have to apologize if I can't hear. I'm, I'm so Kyrie. sorry, John, because we know that like, is not the case. Like I can see Kyrie right before the playoffs. Like, hey, man, JFK not dead. He didn't die here in Dallas. I was no, that's not, and the thing is, that's not how he's gonna present that. He's gonna, right. he gonna say he's gonna say he's gonna he's gonna say he's been feeling enlightened and it was taken was taking a drive. And he found himself on the same road that JFK was on, and then he tied it all back to how his ancestors would never. And, and oh. <laughs> it's gonna set this whole thing off. And he's gonna, it's gonna be like, is the CIA really the Central Intelligence Agency? Yep. And what does that really mean by Central Intelligence? You know, or um, this is the second thing he's going to do. Who else is in Dallas right now? Jerry Jones. He's going to call Jerry a racist. To his, he's going to go to a podium, and he's going to be like, yeah, I saw that picture of Jerry. Jerry oh, racist, and that's oh. going to be it. Jerry's going to call Mark and say, hey, get that up out of here. I don't care what month it is. He Listen, got to go. You know what? He might, he, might say, he might accidentally say something like, you know, I'm glad to be a part of an organization like the Mavericks where our owner is really, really, yes. really, you know, a really man of the people and united and cultured. You know, unfortunately, we've seen other owners here in Dallas and how they like to portray themselves in the media. Yep, that's it. Or the third thing he's going to do is he's going to say something about, man, too many people have guns down here in Texas. Maybe we should talk about gun control. And that, who you talking about the black Israelites outside of the Brooklyn Stadium? Wait till the, te- wait till the Texas Rangers line up outside of American Airlines with the straps. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. like I don't. All jokes aside, though, on the court, I think this can work. I think the Mavericks need to make one more move to get a perimeter defender. Kyle, I would love for them to call the Raptors and see if Pascal Siakam is available and what would it take to get Pascal. Again, this is – or OG Ananobi. Like, they need – they need a wing defender. Y'all got Christian Wood. That's y'all big I said a wing defender, and Christian Wood is going to be part of that trade to get that wing defender. Hey, man. He should be he should be resting. He ain't played basketball since Luca torched him game seven last year. He had plenty of rest. 
But I will say, on the court, I'm kind of excited to see how this works. Um, if Kyrie leaves this summer, which I think he is, I think the Mavericks just wasted a first-round pick, but I think they're going to try to recoup it this summer with the sign-and-trade with the Lakers to get Kyrie to L.A., and that'll open up. This should also open up a max slot for the Mavericks to go shopping this summer, but the question is, what free agent this summer excites you enough to give them a max contract? You got Russell Westbrook, Chris Middleton. Like, there, there's not the second star that you're looking for to pair with Luka to justify giving someone that max slot. So I think they're going to be in a bind this summer. I think that sign and trade with Kyrie. I think the Mavericks are trying to get those two first-round picks from the Lakers that they refuse to give up and then take those two first-round picks and maybe something else. Maybe you do Christian Wood in a sign and trade as well, and that's how they try to get Luka a second star. I don't know who that person is. That's how I would try to play it if I have the Mavericks. God bless. God bless Dallas. I mean, Mark's going to offer Kyrie the two-year max, which is two years 80. I think Kyrie wants the four for 200, which he should. I don't know if Mark's going to give him four for two, but I know Jeannie Buss will. You're damn right. You're damn right. And I mean, to um, the point about the Raptors, it looks like they are probably going to be more in seller mode this year. Although I'm, I'm looking at it, they're basically tied for that 10th spot in the in the East and I guess comparing conferences, the East looks like the weaker conference at the bottom end anyway. The Raptors are like first team, all all effort and energy in vibes. <laughs> so does that can, yeah, can, can we talk about that as a collective? Since we're here talking about basketball, and I know Dan, we're gonna we're gonna get into our quick hitter section here. This can be a good starter. Let's talk about some NBA teams that are out here. And I like to call them first team all hoops and vibes. And what this means is, yo, fam, there's not a lot of winning basketball going. No, I shouldn't say this. There's not a lot of winning effort being put in. It's straight five dudes who just hoop, who are just out here hooping. Let me give y'all some examples. Y'all probably see where I'm going. The Houston Rockets, top of the list. First team, all hoops. (laughs) Top of the list, bottom of the standings. Makes sense. Yep. If y'all have watched the Houston Rockets play basketball, you you just be like, yo, these are just five dudes who just came together in one uniform. They, yep. Yo, just five first team all hoops Houston Rockets. The Raptors are second up there. Just five dudes. I'm just like, yo, y'all play hard, but y'all are just five dudes just out here hooping. Do not and forget the was, Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh man, the third I was third on my list. The Minnesota Timberwolves first team straight all vibes and hoops. And shot, and I like it because shout out Ant Man, but all Ant Man. Can we can we pause on Ant Man for a second? And Cheetos. It doesn't seem like that's a great basketball name. My brother, take care of your body. Imagine how (laughs) great you would be if you didn't eat hot Cheetos all day. Who are we even talking about? By the way, I have no idea. Anthony Edwards. Edwards, He eats like a lot of hot Cheetos. Oh, he eats like I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not an NBA player, clearly. Um, just And just looking at the NBA standings, I haven't done this in a while. And I have li- literally seen this team zero at all this year. How are the Sacramento Kings, like, still doing this good? Like, I noticed them earlier in the season. Oh, that, that's because they so got good. off of being first team all vibes and hoops and finally decided to start putting some winning basketball on both ends of the floor out there. Mike Brown. There you go. Mike Brown. Yep. And Stephen Silas, listen, you can't be at the podium upset at your team. Yo, I read a stat. 
in the last in the last two games, the Houston Rockets have let their opponents score almost close to 250 points, and they have uh, been outscored by close to 50 points in in both of those games. Mr. Silas wow. enjoys seat beside Greg Popovich next year in San Antonio. <laughs> oh, brother! All right, Danny, quick hitters. Let's get Let's it. Do it. Uh. Cowboys depart with Kellen Moore and then say, let's go hire Brian Schottenmeyer. How do you think Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert will blend and pair together? I think I think Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore are about to do some things next year. I think that offense could be could be nice if they could figure it out right. I think it's gonna take a little bit of time. Justin Herbert's had a lot of offensive coordinators, so hopefully he's able to run the system pretty fast. Now, on the flip side, Cowboys and Brian Schottenheimer. If the thought before was to get more offense into Dallas and you went to Brian Schottenheimer, well, Mike McCarthy, I think next year might be your last year in Dallas, buddy. I'm just to be honest with you. <laughs> he said that last year, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we Fair did. Touche. <laughs> Touche. And now Sean Payton's off the market. If, I, if anything, like McCarthy's extended himself like five years. Yeah, for real. I don't understand. I'll, like this, this is this. crazy to me because it seemed like if it wasn't going to be Sean Payton, it was going to be Kellen Moore that was going to eventually replace McCarthy. So, like, is McCarthy just kind of like his his job, especially with Brian Schottenheimer? Do see like he ain't replacing him? So like his his I we mean, still got Dan Quinn on staff. Dan Quinn, like yeah, that would be the the one guy. If I'm Dan Quinn, I'm just do, cool. do we see I'm McCarthy chilling. get fired mid season? No, yeah. I don't think that happens. Jerry's going to ride that thing out to the end of the season. I don't think Jerry's yeah. going to fire midseason unless it, unless they're like oh and years nine. as head coach, right? So like let's yeah. let's prove that you can't make the playoffs again. Yeah, and he won and, a playoff game this year. Yeah, and I like listen. People, people don't like Jerry a lot of credit. Jerry a little bit clashy when people give him credit. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna fire you midway through the season unless you was really fucking out, Jason. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah, look how long you hung on to Jason Garrett for. So, yeah, yeah Mike, he McCarthy's probably there for the next five years, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The more I'm convinced of this. For me, it's yeah. if you're Dallas, you fire Kellen Moore, and he gets a job less than 24 hours later. Like, the Chargers, like, say, screw the Rooney rule. We'll pay whatever fine. We just need Kellen Moore here with us in L.A. Like, yeah. that's, that's a big red flag for me. That Rooney rule is such a BS. Go ahead. All right. Let's, let's – Kyle, you're wearing the shirt. Y'all were talking about it pre-show. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Are we are we watching the breakup? So it I sounds like the reports are they'll only trade him to the AFC. And then I kind of went through my mind. Like, there's only really, like, like so you're already, A, just eliminating half the league right there. So we're only trading with this half of the league. You look at that conference, you almost, like, split them in half because half that conference already has, like, established franchise quarterbacks. They're mm -hmm. not trading for Rodgers. And then I look at, you know, there's three teams that, could potentially do it but i doubt will it's one's the texans and i think it would be we're choosing rogers over the 102 because i wonder if oh, okay texans you want aaron Rodgers? yeah that 102 is gonna look real nice um so i i could see them just okay we're gonna build around whoever is our franchise quarterback at 102 so i don't think the texans trade for him and then Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett former first rounders themselves mm -hmm. do their franchises choose to forego some years of their development and bring in Aaron Rodgers. I doubt it in both instances. Both neither of those coaches seems like they're a, like a rash, you know, 
patience. They got good defenses. They can build around these young quarterbacks. So I, I, I imagine you take those teams out. There's really like five teams that could trade for Rodgers. We've, we've joked about a couple of them. Uh, the Raiders, uh, a couple of the other teams in the AFC South, uh, the, the Titans, the Colts. There's the team that everyone seems like is the most rumored right now is the Jets. And then, hmm, I guess four teams. Uh, what's the other con- division? There's, I thought there was a fifth team, but the, the, I guess those are the four I'm naming right now. Raiders, Colts, Titans, Jets. I'm going to throw a team out there that no one may be considering, but the Dolphins. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. They could be looking at it as we don't know if our quarterback's ever really going to play again. He's already getting close to finishing out his rookie deal. Do the Packers get Tua? I'd be down with that. As a Packers fan, I'd love that. Forget Jordan Love. I'll, I'll go with Tua. I, really? I don't think they, they trade for Tua. I think they try to trade. I think they try to trade for like a Jalen Waddle or you know, uh, yeah. you're not getting, you're not getting Jalen Waddle. You see, that, I, that's I, gonna be. I, my I don't know. I think Tua's trying to do a trade for. You know what I'm saying? I'd I, give up I a think, bunch of picks. Yeah. Well, I think that's what teams are going to try and do. But I, I'm with D on insist on a player and. The Jets, I think, make a lot of sense because I think they've got the draft ammunition. Getting Elijah Moore back in the trade, I think, would count as okay. That's one, you know, an extra pick that the Jets don't have to give up. It's also a player that you know requested a trade last year. Mm-hmm. Probably they don't want to just outright trade him as a, as a piece of a deal to like give in to their trade demands. But if he's a piece to add to this Aaron Rodgers trade. They feel like okay, we can move on from him, but we don't feel like we're giving in to his demands. Like this is, it's whatever it takes to get the franchise guy in, in Rodgers for however many years it's going to be. So, Maybe. I could see that being something where the Packers give Jordan Love another weapon, a la Jalen Waddle. I, I think not to the same extent as Waddle, and to Danny's credit, like that's that's a reason for that. Like because I don't think the Jets are giving up Garrett Wilson. If 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 the Packers insist on Garrett Wilson, no, we don't want uh, first. We want Garrett Wilson. I think the Jets just say no, and we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I think Garrett Wilson, and I mean like you know Sauce Gardner, probably only the only the few untouchables on that team. And I, I could see Elijah Moore being a, a piece that the Packers could see as man, like he could potentially develop into the wide receiver one on the team. He's a, you know, you could play him in the slot, the outside, a great route runner. Give him a connection with Jordan Love. Can't be worse than his connection with Zach Wilson, right? So uh, I could see that as, you know, he gets someone who not only compliments Christian Watson, but could usurp him as the alpha on the team. So you're adding to Jordan Love. And plus, because it's not going to be just Elijah Moore. It'd be probably a first and Elijah Moore and maybe another late pick. You know, uh, you're surrounding Love with enough there. Uh, not just with more, but also getting that extra first round pick. I was, I would imagine if it's the Jets first this year, that gives the Packers two top 20 picks. Yeah. Something do they, you know, do they use that to move up and get an extra second and, you know, get an elite asset or they're you know, just, they're content taking two top 20 picks and adding two pieces to the, the team, maybe two pieces of the defense like they did last year, of course. Uh, but yeah, so I, I could, the Raiders, you know, the, the, connection between him and, and Adams. But yeah, Colts make sense. I think the Titans are kind of a low-key 
kind of dark horse team that I could see him go. I could see making the trade. I'd laugh. I'd laugh if he ended up going to Tennessee. Yeah, that's a big fu to him. Um, Tom Brady finally called it a career again, but this time he is for real. He was out here sending thirst traps to Giselle and accidentally shared it with the whole internet. But um, accidentally. Yeah, that was a that, that Mr. was Mr. Perfect decision making, always making the right call, just accidentally. I guess that was my theory last year with the Brian, uh, the Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, Brian Dable text. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Attention to all these details. Accidentally texted the wrong Brian. Uh, I don't know about Yo, all I'm gonna say is, hey Tom, God bless, God bless. God bless. Hell of a career. It's been an honor. You know where I stand in the greatest of all time. I think you're right there. One and two. My personal one is Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I recognize Tom, you are you are him when it comes to being in these big moments. Winning, you're the most accomplished. Salute. God bless. The, the NFC South is spooky again. It's spooky again in the NFC oh, South. That's all I'm saying. Spooky this year. <laughs> It's Cam Jordan Spooky. said at the Pro Bowl, he was like, Oh, I think essentially like, oh, the Saints can finally go back to being on top of what dog? <laughs> we could be the, the below five hundred team to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's what he, get, that's what he and, meant and, to say. Like there was a point when every every team in the NFC South for like a week or two thought that they were the front runners to win that division. Like crazy. That that's, crazy. That's how, that's how in the dumps that division was. Cam Jordan. The Panthers could have easily done it. They they were right there. Saints, Saints they were not done far it. off and winning. Saints had a little run in there. Atlanta didn't have a, a a terrible beginning to their season. Yo, it's spooky in the South. God bless. I was gonna say, what if what if the, the both teams made their quarterback changes sooner? What if the Saints just started Dalton from the get go? And what if the the Falcons rode with Desmond Ritter a little earlier because Mario same like he was doing that good. Same same same, same result. Same record. Yeah, Brady wins it's the yeah. NFC South. Speaking of the Pro Bowl, did you guys get a chance to watch it? What do you think of the new format? I mean, I had the chance to. I chose not to at all. Same. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of that, and I said, "Nah, this is some bullshit." Then, I, then one of my homies was like, "Nah, I could watch better flag football at the rec." And I, just, yep. I couldn't stop laughing. I ended up turning it off after he said that because I was like, "All right, what am I doing here? Like these, these guys don't really. These guys don't." Really and you know they know. I seen I, yo, shout out Kyle Uzcheck. I seen a few of them cats out there. Dog, the second Tyler Huntley was named an a uh, Pro Bowler. I was like, I'm good on this. I'm I was good. going through the list, like how many AFC quarterbacks had to say no, man. Like, who else was at Pebble Beach this weekend? Seriously, like, yeah. Josh Allen oh, said no. Joe Burrow <laughs> said no, and they were like, oh, Tyler Huntley. Would you? Herbert Bowl. said no. Didn't Herbert say no? Because of his injuries and Chua. The timing with the concussions for Tua was pretty uh, interesting, right? Like he's announced still in, he's still in the protocol. Isn't no, he? he just cleared. He he cleared a couple days Magic. before the Pro Bowl, but Magic. they had to. They announced he didn't clear concussion protocol only because they had to also announce the Tyler Huntley Pro Bowl thing, and like as the reason like Tua wasn't able to go. So at the point where they had to set the Pro Bowl rosters, he was in concussion protocol. And then conveniently a few days later, he clears. Crazy. And I know I know this year they changed the rules where because they wanted to stop this from people leaving. 
if you were named to the Pro Bowl but didn't show up to the Pro Bowl for contract purposes, you are not considered a Pro Bowl player. So, like, oh. if you had, like, incentives in your contract, you make a Pro Bowl, you get these types of bonuses. You have to show up to get those bonuses. I wonder if Tua has Pro Bowl incentives in his contract, but because he's it was in concussion protocol, it was they can't not pay him for an injury. So, like, he would still be paid and still considered a Pro oh. Bowl. It's since he's not choosing to not go. But he didn't want to go to the Pro Bowl. So keep me in concussion protocol an extra week. And then, oh, okay, the, the time's passed. You're, you're officially, your Pro Bowl status is secured. Okay, now I clear concussion protocol. It all's fine. Jeez. I, I just, and, and all the, the stuff too has gone through this year, I'm fine with it. That's good. Like, you know, take, you know, I'm all for that? the NFL players making as much money as possible. So uh, yeah, get your money, guys. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. That, that's 4D chess for, for sure. That's but it, did, it did make us all dynasty nervous, you know, to invest into a, and stuff and like you see some startups right now i think he's just going ridiculously late in super flex startups and i mean i've got him in our one qb league i think he's i don't think he's got any trade value at all so i mean i might as well hold him as a backup behind lawrence well my backup qb just retired so oh do you want to no i, I guess you have a starter right you, you mentioned backup qb <laughs> yeah i think i have i think i have jared golf yeah, I think you do have golf. I was I'm gonna say sure Kamala Smith and... is a third guy too. So like yeah, we can get we can get Carter's my starter. Yeah, I want to go back to our dynasty league real quick. I know because then I know we're getting ready to talk about LeBron and wrap this thing up. No, you're good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk. I want to talk about uh, our dynasty league real quick. I want y'all to know if Lamar doesn't get hurt, my team. There was a, I was winning games. Oh. It's okay. Yeah, sure. You had the division a, locked I mean, up pretty this early. Is a strong fantasy year for me because even in my fantasy basketball league, I just this past week lost my first game since uh, Thanksgiving week. I've been on a. I'm currently fourteen and two right now. Damn. And the two games and the two games I've lost. I, I know it's a trend now. The two games I lost. The Celtics had two games that week total because I have Jason Tatum. My top three is Jason Tatum, Demar Derozan. Paul George. That's a that's a that's a that's a minor. De'Aaron Fox is my point guard. I got oh, I got the starting center for the Houston Rockets, Alfred Singoon. He's my starting center. I want y'all to know, all vibes, all vibes and buckets out there in Houston. All vibes and buckets. <laughs> Just chilling. Oh yeah, now this seems filthy. Seems good. Speaking of, I think we talked about. Other, speaking of breaking records, does LeBron break the scoring title tonight? Um, and if he does, well, he's gonna break tonight or he's gonna break it Thursday, one of the two. Um, is the debate finally over? Is, is he the GOAT? Oh, Kyle, I'm gonna I'm I'm start us off. And I'm gonna okay, first off, the damn debate is over, it's been over. Stop it and stop mentioning it. The damn debate is over. Braun is better than MJ, Braun is better than MJ. MJ is just the greatest scorer of all time, so respect. But in terms of purely basketball, yo, I'm going to say this. How can a dude be the greatest scorer of all time and also be top five in assists and not be considered one of the all-time greats? He's also top ten in rebounds, too. How could you not look at him as, as – he literally does everything a basketball player does. Everything. He's, the numbers say he's top ten in everything. He has four rings. He's been a part of – Two of those rings came when, no, three of those rings came when his team was the favorites. One came against a team that he was very, very favored against. I mean, 
Yeah, he's not undefeated, but I would say in most of his final scene, he's been two games in the favorite. It is what it is. Listen, greatest of all time, four rings, leading, leading the league and scoring all time, a record that everyone thought would never be broken. Last time, last time this record was was broken, uh uh Rick James and Tina Marie was out here making music. Like we like let's really keep it a bean of how like come on, we get ass like Booger Sugar was the best thing out in the streets right now. They had that was the real crack days during the real crack days. People is when uh, Will broke this record. Y'all mean y'all gonna sit, sit sit here and tell me that the dude who has played twenty years straight with no signature shot? He didn't have no no sky hit. He just had straight hoops. He's about to lead the league in scoring after consistently putting up 25, 5, and 8 or whatever on a nightly basis. Ain't the greatest of all time? Kiss my ass. Greatest of all time, LeBron James. Period. The one thing with, you say, greatest scorer of all time, he's going to have the most points. And I, and I, may, I make this contestion in hockey, right? Like, Wayne Gretzky Whoa. has the most goals all time, but mm-hmm. I don't consider him the greatest goal scorer of all time. And okay. uh, I know with, with hockey, part of it is just like the, the era in which he scored tons of goals compared to other times, uh, like the, the years where he had, like he, the, he, he is the record, Gretzky is the record, 92 goals in a season. That year, the goals per game is the third highest in NHL history. And like the two, the only two seasons higher than that were like two of the first three years when like no one knew how to play goaltending, even like the first couple of years of, of hockey at seems based on those goal totals. So it's like this crazy outlier season. And yeah, he was at the top that year, scored more in that season than anyone's ever scored in any season, but the entire league was kind of elevated at that point. Um, now Alex Ovechkin might actually eventually break the goal scoring record. I think he would definitely be considered uh, in my books, the greatest goal scorer of all time, because in this era of hockey that especially when he played, you know, goals per game have like struggled to get to three. And like, you know, that, that year that Gretzky had 92 was above four. Um, now this is a little different, but the, the idea that, you know, LeBron has the most points all time. However, how many seasons do you think he actually led the league in scoring? Two was a one or two. No, he has zero scoring titles or one. He has one. He has one. 2008. Yeah. Michael Jordan has 10. 10 Crazy. scoring titles. So I could contest and still say that Michael Jordan's the best scorer of all time because he was doing it at such a more dominant pace. But see, that's not that's not fair because Michael Jordan never played in the league with fucking Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Like, listen, Mike played in the era when he played it with was very <laughs> Patrick Ewing and John Stockton. Joe Malone. Yeah, but those are big men. Wait, Joe Malone's a hockey player. And and Michael came in and he was just this dynamic score that you just could not guard, especially from the mid-range. You just couldn't guard him from the mid-range in. On a on a on a floor with these You can say that about DeMar DeRozan too, but Michael did it way better though. Yeah. But now we're in a league where you have to have a three-point shot in any capacity to really be an effective score. So now you got guys who average what? Seven, eight, nine threes a game, maybe. He had a guy last night put up 12, 12 threes in a game, and that's that's not even his best performance because he has the all-time record at 14 threes, at 14 threes in a game. I mean, I, man, Le- LeBron is, is in an era of scores, and he's done nothing but outscore everybody. But he wasn't outscoring was... Michael. Points per game career, LeBron's at 27.1, which is outstanding. Michael's right. at 30.1, though. 
which that is is the NBA record. Now, I would say those couple of points between Mike and Bron, that's why LeBron's top five and six. Because instead of taking that shot, which he probably could make, he dished it out. I mean, Michael led the – did he lead the league in assists? I guess that's the one cat. That's the one thing that LeBron has led the league in assists. I guess that's the one thing that Michael's never done. Because, well, because people compared Mike to Bron because they were both faces of the league when the comparison all this time really really should always be Magic Johnson. But we don't want to do that because that's the greatest point guard of all time. And Bron is essentially the greatest point forward of all time. <laughs> Did he make? Yeah, okay, yeah. And I mean, they've both made defensive teams. Like, they're both like really good defensive players as well. So, Ron just doesn't have a defensive player of the year award like Jordan does. But he, Can yeah, I chime but in I, really he, quickly. Yeah, of course. Both of you guys are wrong. Kareem Abdul Jabbar is the GOAT. Man he held a scoring title for all these years, and he's only now made one. Are you serious? What? Dogs. NBA's. All-time leading scorer as of tonight, and he only made one three in his entire career. Okay, tell him, tell him he should have been in the gym working on his six-point six, range. Like, six-time <laughs> NBA yeah, champion. He'd still have the record. In yeah, he'd still have the record. Like, damn, Kareem, if you would have a three-point shot, you had, probably would have had, the, had an un, un, I mean, but that's a time where the three-pointer wasn't as accessible. And now we I'm just saying, you have to learn how to shoot. I was going to say, well, NBA you have to learn how to shoot. The, the, the dude led the league in rebounds for all those years. NBA second all-time leading scorer at the end of this week. Only made one three-pointer. Six-time That's NBA cool. champion. That's cool. Tell him yeah. to stop being a hating-ass old dude, too. Stop hating on him. I can't tell him that because he is, he is a hater. Yo, he is still <laughs> yeah, Johnson yeah, level hate. Tell him not to hate. I'd have to be one of the yeah, players. Hater, yo. At, yo, someone <laughs> find Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and ask him what he think of this Kyrie trade. I bet you he's going to say probably some of the most hating-ass shit you would probably <laughs> He got a t- I mean, yo. back in my day, you used to just get drafted to a team, and you would stick to that team, and you may got an opportunity to go to one other team. And if you went to the other team, you had to make sure that that new team you went to was the team that you went your career with. Because my, back in my day, man, we wanted to show loyalty, man. We wanted to show that you can go somewhere and win, uh, and you can stay somewhere, build a championship team, and win. Well, that ain't the West just too damn bad, Kareem. My players today, we're trying to jump ship today, jump ship tomorrow, and we're trying to win championships. Yeah, I mean, he played for the Bucs oh, yeah, and the Lakers. Let's jump over here, and we staying over there. And so the next Listen. time somebody get good, then we jump in on their shit. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's what they Kareem, Kareem got an article in the LA Times coming out this week about why Kyrie ain't. Last thing before we go, or well, one of the last things, Jim Beheim. Speaking of hating ass old men, Jim Beheim is out here catching strays for saying that some NCAA teams bought their team and said that the state of the NCAA is in shambles. Jim Beheim, stop pocket watching teenagers, old man. Get that weak Man. ass zone at the ACC, and maybe, just maybe, maybe you might be relevant again. Listen, what I thought is funny: who the hell keeps putting a mic in front of Jim Beheim after losses? Kyle, they keep asking these questions. They keep asking these type of questions after it's, losses. The dude don't have a lot of nice things to say. <laughs> <laughs> he, yo, he was at the podium, was like. God damn. I mean, Wake Forest and Miami over there got them buying teams. I mean, fuck it. Why, why can't we? The state of NCAA basketball is in the trash right now. 
because they know it gets like, clicks, right? The, the the people perpetuating those videos, it's it's a controversial take. Whether whether you agree with them or disagree with them, people are watching it because it's such a a polarizing statement. Mm-hmm. So of course the people ask it. It's like that's what they've been told to ask because mm-hmm. he went wrong. He, like nothing that Jim Beheim said was actually incorrect. Everything he said is very right. The state of college sports is listen. The NCAA said we can't keep letting all these good athletes come in. Not, not like basically we can't let these good athletes not come through our system, especially when the leagues are developing farm systems, you know, that are yep. probably better equipped to get them prepared for the league than we are. So we gotta let these kids get paid. And when they let these kids get paid, college coaches, and we go back to it. When Saban say it, it do be true. Saban said, Oh, this is about to be a dirty game. This is about to be a dirty well, game. It's funny because they went from this extreme of, you know. You can't get money for autographs. You can't have anyone from the school buy you a jacket or a, a, or a lunch to now the schools are paying for it. Like they could have found a middle ground that said you're allowed to seek employment and get like endorsements from big companies without that coming from the school's pocket. But then they had to kind of go in and get the boosters all involved. It's like like it's it's that was the fear of it in the first place. Right. Like of, of the integrity they, they of the sport and schools paying for athletes. Too. Like if, if a. You know, if if a, if a prominent athlete was getting a you know a, a sponsorship from a big company outside of the NCAA, that shouldn't affect which school they they go to, right? Like that's just their money, and that should have been okay. But then, yeah, it they they included not just that, but everything, and then it's you know they they didn't have to swing the pendulum all the way that far, but it, mm-hmm. yeah. And and the last terrible organization, is, NCAA. Thanks for teaching last, us that, Danny. Last thing I'm gonna say before we wrap up here. To the, to the young man in Florida, I got further details into why your NIL deal fell through and why you ended up committing somewhere else. Y'all, essentially, they wanted, he wanted almost close to $4 million a year to attend. Good for him. You start at no. All you can do is ask. The thing is, at first, the Florida Collective was down for it. Like the Florida Collective was getting ready to agree to this, and then I guess later. So you they, know they have the money. Yeah. Like if, if they, they really kind of, couldn't, they they would have said that that would have been the reason. So they they yeah. clearly have the money. He knows that. And then later, I guess they came to their senses, and the collective decided <laughs> against that. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Part of me is like, ain't no way this this is a kid. Ain't no way this is a kid. For one, this is not just a kid, Danny. Danny, Kyle, I think we both know you give one of these high school kids, one of these high school athletes a contract for any for 250000 and up, they are going to say yes immediately. Now, yeah. maybe a, a, maybe if you give them a million total over four years, they'll take that easily too. But when I hear something like $4 million a year, okay, which one of your nasty-ass parents with some, on, on, interior, some ulterior motives has got their nasty-ass thoughts in your ear on how to come up quick with some money. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I'm against it. All I'm going to say is you bark up that tree, don't be mad if someone decides to come piss on it too. Yeah. People people end up in ditches for, with that kind of money. Because they buy too expensive a car, they don't know how to drive it and it swerves off and goes into a ditch. Is that really yeah, that, yeah. I'm, I'm, talking, no, I'm talking about them Jerry Jones ditches. If you if you get my drift, I I, I do. I get I'm your drift. Kidding. Yes, I. I'm sorry, I deviated the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you think they're gonna let you ride around in Oxford, Mississippi, in a Rolls Royce just because you play a little bit of football? You'd be like, hey, come follow follow the follow the smoke on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. 
The forest, the trees aren't on fire, my friend. Come join us. Kyle, let the people know where can they where can they find you? Where let the people know where they can find you on a weekly basis. <laughs> well, definitely not in Oxford, Mississippi, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, I mean that's really far. I don't want to travel that far, honestly. Okay. Like, if I'm gonna go that far south, I might as well just go to Louisiana or something. But uh yeah, I'm on uh you can find me on the Going for Two Live network, and that reaches everywhere across the world. It doesn't really matter where I am in the world, but uh in a couple nights I'll be uh, co-hosting the Dynasty Gambit will be on every second Thursday. So that'll be this week, the February 9th, after that, February 23rd. Uh, also, uh, starting that alternating week uh, on the 20th, uh, the new season of press coverage, where I sit down one on one with different people in the fantasy and football uh, media Let's industry. Go. And we just, uh, yeah, have some great uh, conversations and great talks. Uh, this year has a certain theme to the guests this year. So I'm not going to reveal too many secrets, but I will. Uh, I'll teach everyone a few things or about a few people. Uh, but uh, yes, um, so those two shows on the Going For Two Live Network. I also have the full press Packers and full press fantasy pod outside the Going For Two uh, Network. So at FPC underscore fantasy pod at FPC underscore Packers to get uh, updates on both those. And yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Senra Says. And again, uh, goingfor2.com. You want to get the swag, like the hats and stuff, but also all the great articles and uh the personal league podcast as well service we run uh if you want to you know you pay for a, a podcast and we will uh do it about your league specifically send us the rosters and we'll uh, comment team go team by team the things we uh, think uh should be done it can be done for dynasty it can be done for redraft as well uh so yeah personal league podcast going for com slash plp you can check everything out at going for com. we got a discord as well um discord slash going for two and uh, a lot of great conversations happen there and it's free entirely so i uh, yeah, appreciate uh my going for two live cohorts here uh danny and d for inviting me on it's a great conversation you know it's uh, always a blast danny i'll let people know where to find me at real quick people you already know instagram twitter twitch i'm here youtube low steemix that's l-o-s-d-e-e-m-i-x danny i've been doing some I've been doing some re, re reorganizing and whatnot around my little work desk right here. That's why you got a different view of me this time. Okay. And I'm, I'm getting set up because pretty soon I'm I'm telling you what I'm about to come. All right. I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I ain't playing. I'm telling you. I didn't Kyle, say you were. I'm just waiting. That's I'm all. Kyle, waiting. My goal by the end of this year is to really start teaching myself how to DJ. I'm going to start way before the end of this year, but I'm going to bring this journey on the road to my people, to the people out here. Be a live content on Twitch so they can see me as I learn how to do this. I, I, yeah, and I, you know, I think it's a great message. If anyone wants to learn anything, like you know, DJ, for instance, just take a spin at it and see. Oh, dude, I see your bars. I, I see your bars, Danny. Let the people know where to find you. I'm in the Bird app, Danny Ocean Forty One. You can find us, the show, Speak on It underscore Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to send us your emails, Speak on a Pod fourteen at gmail.com. The weather is breaking. Cuffing season is over. You want to get back in these streets, but you don't know how to. Uh, we'll do our best. Can't promise you anything, but speak on a pod 14 at gmail.com or any life questions that you may have that aren't financially related because we are not financial advisors. I'm not going to tell you how to get out of debt. Can't tell you how to do that. Sell sell that white like they do on TV. That seems to work well. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
We here at the Grover Two Network do not encourage the selling, distributing, or intake of any narcotic substances. That was not talking about that white, but yes. Y'all have a good night. Do you, do you have a song for us to, to leave on? I got us. We're going to get out of here. This respect the game. Meek Mill, if you a, you a Philly fan, shout out to y'all. Hope I think y'all are going to bring bring the championship home. Kyle thinks the Chiefs are going to win. I'm hoping for a good game. Just make sure you respect the game. And listen to what Meek said about these rules. Go Birds. Best of luck, Danny. See you next week. <laughs>